1: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
2: Remember the parable of the ten virgins that Jesus told and the Gospels and how five of the virgins had oil, five of them didn't, five of them were prepared, five of them weren't. But when the bridegroom came, all ten of them were asleep. All ten of them were caught by surprise. Five of them were as prepared as they could be, but all ten of them were surprised by the bridegroom's coming. There's going to be an element of surprise for us When Christ takes us to heaven. But we need to be prepared. We need to be ready.
1: Do you like surprises? Perhaps you'd accept a good surprise, but there are few people in this world able to stomach a bad surprise. It's like getting caught with an article of clothing haphazardly undone, so to say. Pastor Dan urges us to remember that Jesus' return will be a surprise to the whole earth. Jesus even uses the parable of the wedding party to bring a familiarity to his return. It gives us a practical and clear picture of the return of Jesus. Today, would you be ready for the triumphant return of the King? Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Revelation chapter 22 for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
2: Revelation chapter 22 beginning in verse 6. Then he said to me, these words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. Behold, look, Holy Spirit's drawing our attention to this. I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Now I, John, saw and heard these things, and when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. And then he said to me, See that you do not do that, for I am your fellow servant, and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book, worship God. And he said to me, Do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He who is unjust, Let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star, and the spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, come, and let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. He who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. So we've come to the end of the book of Revelation, uh, and we've come to the end of the Bible. And here we have the final words of Jesus Christ to his church and the final words of jesus christ to this world and i think that's something that we should just pause and consider it's something that just has weight to it that these are the final words of jesus this is his farewell message his last exhortation to us as his bride as the church and what's his last message to the church his last message to the church is i am coming quickly i am coming quickly And we see that in verse 7. Behold, I am coming quickly. And we see him, Jesus speaking, repeated again in verse 12. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me. We see it again in verse 20. Surely, it's a sure thing. I am coming quickly. This is his message. This is his final word. This is his farewell word to us. This is the thing he wants to leave us with, that I am coming quickly. Now, critics and scoffers will say, "Well, Jesus said that 2,000 years ago, and he hasn't come yet. It doesn't seem too quick to me." Well, let me just say a couple things to that point. First of all, in Second Peter, you don't have to turn there, but in Second Peter, chapter three, verse eight, Peter says, "But beloved, do not forget this one thing." that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. Peter tells us there that to God who is eternal, who has no beginning, who has no end, that a thousand years is like a day to God. So it's been 2,000 years since Jesus said, I am coming quickly, but to God, that's just two days. It's a weekend, you know, the weekend's gone by. So it's not very long in God's time. Peter goes on to say that the Lord, listen to what he says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Peter tells us there the reason why Jesus has not come yet, the reason why he's delayed his coming for his church and has delayed setting the events that are described in the book of Revelation, setting them into motion, he tells us he hasn't come yet because he's long-suffering. It's not that he's being slow about his promises and just hasn't gotten around to it. He's being long-suffering. He's being patient. Peter says, for our sake, for our sake, for our good, because, Peter says, he doesn't want anyone to perish in their sins. You no, know, in Revelation, we recently looked at the lake of fire and the great white throne judgment for those who have not put their faith in Christ, those who will perish in their sins. And God doesn't want anyone to perish in their sins. He wants everyone to repent and receive forgiveness and salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. And so he's, he's patiently waiting. He's long-suffering. And if you're a Christian, Aren't you glad Jesus was long-suffering with you, right? Aren't you glad he waited? Aren't you glad he waited until you were saved before he came back? You know, sometimes, you know, we I think we get saved and then we're like, okay, I'm saved, let's go, let's wrap it up, I'm done, you know? What are we waiting for? But he's long-suffering towards others as well. He's delayed his return. He's delayed his end-times program that is described in detail for us in Revelation that we've studied through over the last almost a year. And he's doing that so more and more people can get saved and come to know salvation through Jesus Christ and, and be in heaven with him. Second of all, I'll say uh, here in the passage when Jesus says, uh, behold, I am coming quickly, the, the word quickly that Jesus used in the Greek That word quickly, it means suddenly, suddenly. Behold, I am coming suddenly. Jesus will come suddenly for his church and and rapture us to heaven to be with him forever and ever. In the Gospels, Jesus said he will come at an hour when we least expect him to come. He said he'll come like a thief in the night. He compared his coming to labor pains that suddenly come upon a woman you know a woman that is pregnant she you know she knows that she's pregnant she knows she's going to have a baby you know the doctor calculates a due date the doctor monitors the progress of the pregnancy and sometimes changes that due date depending on the growth of the baby in the womb the woman knows that she's going to have this baby she knows you know approximately when that baby's going to come she doesn't know the exact moment But you know what happens when labor finally begins? It's still it's still a surprise. It's still kind of a shock, especially with your first child. Even though you've got the due date, you've been going to the doctor and you're monitoring this whole thing. And and but when it happens, still a surprise. But, you know, my wife and I, with our first child, she went into labor in the middle of the night while we were asleep. I remember she woke me up in the middle of the night to tell me she's in labor. And I said, give me 30 more minutes. It's the middle of the night. I'm I ready to get up. No. But we knew that event would come, and we prepared ourselves for it, and we were as ready as we could be for that baby to come. We were expecting that baby. We had our bags packed and all. We were, we were ready for the big event. And Jesus' last message to the church is, I am coming suddenly, and you need to be ready. You need to get yourself ready for that, and you need to be as ready as you can be it's still going to come as a shock. It's still going to come as a surprise. Remember the parable of the ten virgins that Jesus told and the Gospels and how five of the virgins had oil, five of them didn't, five of them were prepared, five of them weren't. But when the bridegroom came, all ten of them were asleep. All ten of them were caught by surprise. Five of them were as prepared as they could be, but all ten of them were surprised by the bridegroom's coming. There's going to be an element of surprise for us when Christ takes us to heaven, but we need to be prepared. We need to be ready. He's coming suddenly, and so we need to be ready. You know, the rapture could happen at any moment. Jesus Christ could come today for us, and in the twinkling of an eye, we'll be in his presence in a moment. You know, we're all just one moment away from being face-to-face with Jesus Christ, and so we need to be ready. And so my question to you today is, are you ready? Are you ready? For Christ to come because he's coming suddenly, you know, in first John chapter three, you know, John's the same author here, same writer, behold, what manner of love the father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God, people like us. He's made his children. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are the children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know, this is what we know, that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, and everyone who has this hope, what hope, that he's going to be revealed that one day we're going to see him face to face, and when we see him, we will be like him. That's our hope. That's the living hope of every believer. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, just as he is pure.
1: You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first... Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth.
2: Anyone who really believes that Jesus Christ could come suddenly for his church at any moment, John says that person will purify himself. That person will be ready. That person will live a pure life that pleases God. That doesn't mean you live a sinless life, but what it does mean is when you sin, you confess your sin. And you put it under the blood of Jesus Christ. You walk in the light. Someone who doesn't believe that Jesus Christ will come anytime soon or even at all, they will tend to live a very worldly life, a very carnal life. Jesus talked about that in the Gospels. His last message is, I am coming suddenly. And so we need to be ready. In verse 6 again, it says, Then he said to me, these words are faithful and true now we we have a saying if it sounds too good to be true it probably is we are used to things sounding better than they actually are we're used to disappointment but we are told the words of this revelation the book of revelation are faithful and true all all that we've studied over the last year in revelation you know remember back in the early chapters Chapters 2 and 3, we learned about the church age and the letters to the different churches. And then we talked about the rapture following the church age and then the tribulation period that will come upon the earth, that seven-year tribulation period that was described for us in chapters 6 through 19, where God pours out his wrath upon this rebellious world, this Christ-rejecting world. And then we talked about the second coming of Christ when he's literally physically going to come to the earth as king of kings and lord of lords. And he's going to establish his kingdom on the earth and he's going to rule and reign for a thousand years upon the earth. And then we talked about the great white throne judgment that is to come for the wicked. You know, where all the wicked stand before God. Remember, the books are opened and they're judged according to their works. And then they're cast into the lake of fire. And that's eternal punishment. That's hell. Hell for all eternity. Then we talked about God creating a new heavens and a new earth and a new Jerusalem with streets of gold, where we will dwell together with God and the lamb for all eternity. And we talked about how God will be our God and God will dwell with us and we will dwell with him and he will wipe away our tears from our eyes and there'll be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, Nor pain. There'll be no more curse. There'll be no more sin. And we shall see God face to face. And it all sounds too good to be true, but it's true. It's true. His word is faithful and true, we're told in verse six. God has this extraordinary future in store for those who put their faith in Jesus Christ and everything that He's described for us in this book. It's all true, it's all going to come to pass. Look what he says in verse six again. These words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. The same Lord God who spoke to the prophets in the Old Testament gave the revelation to this angel who then delivered it to John. And what God said to the Old Testament prophets was faithful and true. In fact, in uh, chapter three of Acts, Acts chapter three, verse 18 Peter there says, these things which God foretold by the mouth of the prophets about the Christ have been fulfilled. It's all true. And so if everything that God said through the Old Testament prophets was faithful and true and it was all fulfilled and it all came to pass just as God said it would, then we can trust that what he says to us here through the mouth of this angel to John the apostle in the book of Revelation, that it's all faithful and true as well. And it'll all come to pass. It'll all be fulfilled. Everything that we've read doesn't sound better than it is. It is what it is, just as it sounds. At the end of verse 6, he says, these things must shortly take place. And the idea with this word shortly is that the things that are described for us in Revelation, that they will quickly come to pass. Once they begin, they will quickly, you know, in rapid succession come to pass. The idea here is once they begin, You've passed a point of no return. There's nothing that's going to slow them down. There's no way to stop these things once they start, once they're set into motion. Verse seven, we have the words of Jesus. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Now this takes us really back to chapter one and the introduction to the book. If you want to flip back to chapter one for me, it's very similar to what was said In the opening verses of Revelation, back in chapter one, verse three, it says, blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written for the time is near. And now back over in chapter 22, Jesus says, blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. In chapter 22, Jesus doesn't mention reading and hearing the words of this prophecy. He mentions only keeping the words of this prophecy. Why? Because we've read it and we've heard it. You've been here over the last years. We've studied this book. We've read it together. We've heard what it has to say. Now, the only thing left for us to do is keep it. Blessed is he who keeps the words of this prophecy. And What does it mean to keep? The words of this prophecy, the word keeps there. It means to watch for or to guard or to keep your eye on. We are watching for the prophecies of this book to be fulfilled. He's told us what's going to take place in the last days, how it's all going to unfold and how we're going to go into the eternal state. And so now we're keeping the words of this prophecy by just watching for those things, keeping an eye on the world and watching the things happening in this world and watching the stage being set for the things that will come to pass that are spelled out for us by Jesus in this book. Verse eight says, Now I, John, saw and heard these things, and when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. Then he said to me, See that you do not do that. For I am your fellow servant, and of your brethren, the prophets, and of those who keep the words of this book, worship God. Now, in case you don't know, we began our study of the book of Revelation on the first Sunday in January. So we've been studying this book for almost 10 months. And Revelation, the content of it, it describes over a thousand years of history, it describes the seven years of the tribulation period and then the thousand-year reign of Christ, and then it goes on into eternity. And so John, as he's writing this, he's covering over a thousand years of human history. But remember, John received this revelation kind of at one time or at one moment. It was revealed to him. And after seeing it, after this revelation, it's revealed to him. He has this vision of how all these things will come to pass. After seeing all that, John's so overwhelmed that he falls down and he begins worshiping the angel who showed him all these things. And the angel says to him, don't do that, (laughs) don't do that. And the angel says, worship God. And it's emphatic here, worship God only. And he said to me in verse 10, do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book for the time is at hand. Now, if you're a note taker, you might wanna jot down Daniel chapter 8, verse 26. And Daniel chapter 12, verse 4 and verse 9, in the Old Testament, when Daniel the prophet received a vision from the Lord, he was told to seal it up. He was told to seal it up because it was for the last days. It wasn't for Daniel's time. And so Daniel was to just seal it up because it wasn't really for him. But here John is told, don't seal up the words of this prophecy for the time is at hand. In other words, we are riding right along the edge of these things happening. And Jesus Christ could come at any moment, suddenly, and the events that are described in the book of Revelation could begin to unfold, could be set in motion. And so we don't want this book sealed up. We need this book open to help us see the things that are happening in the world and process them and make sense of them, because we're right there, right there on the edge it's not that we're heading for a cliff. We're riding along the edge of the cliff and at any moment these things could begin. and so we're not to seal this book up. We want it open.
3: He asked me how I know I say truer than the finest crystal.
1: You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Revelation, and he has more to share with you next time. How is your heart doing as you listen to these teachings about the future? If you're in need of prayer for any reason, would you be willing to give us a call and talk with us? Our desire is to hear your heart, pray with you, and ask for God to help you with whatever might be weighing on you. Our number is 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. Just find our info under the About tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to learn additional things from the culminating final book of the Bible, Revelation. Pastor Dan has much more to share from this book, and we're excited for you to join us as we continue learning and growing, appreciating what God wants us to see from His Word. We hope you'll tune in then and be a part of our listening audience. Continue searching for what God has for you to see here on Ring of Truth.
3: I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft, and well, I know because I know His voice, and it only takes